What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny Studio Ghibli Miyazaki in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the big dog, Kevin Coelho. Oh, oh. The Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. Good morning, Tim. BBC Garcia, Belinda Garcia. What's up? And the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Top of the morning to everyone. And to, if it's evening, top of the evening to you. And if and it's gone, Christ- you should be asleep. For you, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Nick's already in a great mood. And I'm I know that because mood. he was singing the, the 80s song, Kids in America, yeah. or before the show. And I was like, oh, little kids of America. He's like, yeah, it's been stuck in my head since uh, the Phantom Pain. And I was like, oh, so since 2015. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah well here's what happened yeah. i was i sometimes when my wife's not here i'll just put some music on while i'm in the shower or whatever just to get me pumped for the day and mm-hmm. i was like oh kids in america i should listen to that song it just pops in my head but i did the thing where you hit you click on it in spotify thinking you're clicking on a playlist but it it's just the song oh my god so it just played that song over and over again for like the 10 minutes that i was in the shower and then i was like well we've made it this far let's just keep playing it while i'm cleaning up the house again <laughs> one more time Love it so much. This show happens every Friday right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games live where we review the movies. If you want to watch it later, that's cool. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If podcasts are more your thing, great. Search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny reviews. We'll be right there for you. Uh, If you want to get the show ad free, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Just like our Patreon producer, Muhammad Muhammad did. We appreciate you, Momo. Thank you, Momo very much uh today we're talking about kiki's delivery service the last miyazaki movie i've ever seen uh going into this released on july 29th Belinda, that's a it's a it's a great call belinda by the way the year of our lord um, what what's a great call it, it says uh it says nolan in review on the overlay <laughs> mm, 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 oh mm. yeah all right all right yeah, <laughs> there you go <laughs> There we go. There we go. go. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, Once again, music by Joe Hisei Ishii is how you probably say his name. I keep messing that up. I thought you were going to say Joe Scrabbles. (laughs) Joe Scrabbles, made up name. Uh, A budget of $6.9 million. Nice. And a box office of $40.5 million. Runtime of an hour, 43 minutes. 462 colors were used in this film. Damn, they're just up in the quality, huh? colors now guys i just want to before we even get into the the discussion about the movie i do want to say that when it comes to actors and stuff i'm not the most well-versed like when it's like more contemporary like probably like 2000s on disney stars and shit great i'm right there with you but when it's like the old school nick scarpino shit i i don't know who phil hartman is like i, I don't know what you know, like G- gia and joey are like trying to convince you me don't know who phil is. hartman like, is no i don't he's, he's so the, the guy in the simpsons that would always do the like the infomercials Yep. No. Uh, don't, know. SNL. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. Yeah. This isn't an age thing. This is just an ignorance thing. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah That's yeah, all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just like Nick knows all these actors. Very tragic death. So yeah. that's my thing is I didn't know anything about this. And it, oh, Joey and Gia, these two people, they're all, oh, you don't know Phil Hartman. They didn't know shit either. They didn't know that he died. They didn't know that he was murdered by his really? wife. Really? Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. Be, be nice. Here's I, my I, thing. I, I'm start. I Wikipedia him to try to it's figure out like sad. who is he? Like how how might I know this guy? They seem like they they are well Lord attuned to this man's career. And I start looking through his wiki, and it's literally just like early life, career, murder. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Start reading it. Yeah, his wife straight up came home one day, shot him right between the 
eyebrows, I mean, shot him in the chest, and shot him in the head. It's very yeah. sad. She, herself, she, right? she was like, but like, uh, was it a murder suicide? Yeah, no, so. no, right? No, no, no she I then went. She... she went to her, the friend's house oh, and shit. told the friend. I thought she locked herself in the house. And then they went back to the house, and he was, and then the, the friend was like, "Holy shit, you actually did it!" Because like, yeah, she was. She was severely, like, mentally disturbed. Yeah. She had a lot of mental issues, and she was very jealous of his career because she was an actress as well. Um, he was on news radio at the time, um, and it ended up being very devastating for the show. The show was never that hugely popular, but it had a pretty big fan base, and it was a, going into, like, its sixth season, yeah. and he died, and it, it pretty much shook everyone. Sorry, my camera's down here. I'm, I'm having issues with my other one. But um, but then that's when uh, John Lovett stepped in to help kind of, I think, finish out the final season, and then they ended the show. But Phil Hartman was, like, he was a just like high level high level improv performer when he was on snl when he was he he was just phenomenal and everything he was in he played a great like silly guy but he played a great bad guy and he was awesome with voices so when i thought when i heard his voice as the cat i was like this is so great and i don't know if he knew what he was doing in this at all because it sounds like he he was not quite sure what was happening but yeah i, I really enjoyed it though uh his voice in it uh tim do you remember the movie sergeant bilko this is a movie yeah. we watched many, many times in my house. No? Was Sergeant Payne? Major no, Payne? No, no, Sergeant no, Bilko with Steve yeah. Martin. Major Payne. I hate you. Small no. Soldiers. No, it's a movie so, you've Tim, seen a lot at my house. Surfing Ninjas. He's in Small Soldiers. Tim, what about a little movie, the best holiday movie, Jingle All the Way? I have he's seen the, it. He's the dad, the evil dad that's like trying to like fuck the wife, Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. And eventually, probably does honestly. Like if we're gonna be, if we like, we don't get to see what happens off screen. But, but it seems right. like I mean, their relationship turns very, very sexual. It's going so- um, like well, it yeah. sounds like Arnold's relationship. Like he's not a super caring husband, you know? Yeah, you're exactly right, Kevin. So this dub was uh, Canadian American comedian and actor Phil Hartman's last voice acting performance as Gigi before his death in 1998. The actor who did the voice work for Gigi in the Disney dub version, uh, he died before the new dub was finished, and the version of the film was dead dedicated to his memory so there you go this episode of interview is also dedicated to phil hartman to we phil hartman phil. big philly styles uh what do we think about kiki's delivery service belinda i had super fun memories of this because this and spirited away are the first ghibli movies that i ever saw and i think it just hits different as an adult as like someone that gets artist block and gets burnt out it just it it has a different message for me and i think i loved it even more than i did when i was younger this time around andy yeah the i I enjoy the messages is my first time watching it i enjoyed the message and the themes um the characters were endearing but there just wasn't a lot there for me um the it, it, it sort of reminds me of last week um when we watched my neighbor Totoro and uh, I'm very scatterbrained and there became a point in this movie where I thought to myself did I miss a really important (laughs) plot beat did I miss an important moment where something terrible and awful happened to her and and like it's sort of one of those things where the the movie ends and you're like oh fuck I thought this would have been the last sort of um moment of peril but until the final moment of peril you know what i mean like the movie ended at that final point it's like oh shit that's the it's that's over. what happened yeah uh i still enjoyed it i just i, I don't know if it's going to rank very highly among my other movies i think it's i'm at the point uh tim where i just i want 
I want crazy bad guys and stuff, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? We're getting there. <laughs> Kevin. Man, fuck this movie, all right? Gigi got fucked for no reason at all. Even when exactly. she regains her powers, Gigi's still just fucked. He's just now he? a cat. I'm so I check this in, out. Hold on, hold on. I got some facts for you, Kev. Oh, do you, okay, do you want to keep going? Well, I was just going to say, I was loving the mu- movie, and then that happens, and man, they hit so hard, you know? Where it's just like, oh shit, she just lost her best friend. And then instead, she regains her powers to save some stupid kid that like she's going to date for two weeks and then stop talking to? Yeah, that kid sucks. Come on, guys. Yeah. It sucked. And then Gigi never comes back, and is it because he died? Man, that's going to make me even sadder now. <laughs> no, no. It's... God, thank God. <laughs> Don't <laughs> tell me, Tim. Don't tell me. <laughs> he came back and he's like, you know what? Totoro was the god of death and he did in fact kill Gigi. <laughs> Shit goes deep. No, so um, there was some changes from the uh, Japanese to English version of this, but uh, this is one of the rare cases where Miyazaki approved all the changes and most of them were just cultural things. Um, specifically, that cats are usually depicted with feminine voices, whereas in American culture, the voices are more gender-specific. Uh, towards the end of the film, Gigi doesn't speak in human words to Kiki anymore because they grew up, not because she lost a power. In the original book, it's explained that a witch girl and a black cat are raised together from infancy, and that's why they can talk to each other. Um, they are able to talk to each other because of their close relationship rather than the magic itself. Uh, Miyazaki made Gigi not able to talk to Kiki even after she regained her power to show that Kiki's grown up. Uh, and doesn't need her other self anymore, like her younger, immature self. Um, and then the English dub version of this, uh, a number of Hartman's lines exist where Gigi simply says nothing in the original. Gigi's personality is notably different between the two versions, showing a more cynical and sarcastic attitude in the D- Disney English version, as opposed to cautious and conscientious in the original Japanese. In the original script, Kiki loses her ability to communicate with Gigi permanently, but the American version adds a line that implies she's once again able to understand him at the end of the film, which I didn't remember. I don't remember. Did you guys catch I, I don't, that? I no. think it was too subtle. It was one of those things where she like kind of like he meowed or something, and she was like, "Oh, right." And but I don't. I think it was like a cat person ownership cat thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, like a sure. relationship that uh, an owner has with their pet, where it's like, I know when or when Thomas is crying because he wants food because he's right mm-hmm. next to the food going. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You know what I mean? Understand me, master. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. That was a weird, unresolved thing too. But I thought it had more to do with the fact that he was just—he had like five kids and was just too tired to speak human. Uh, you know what I mean? They show up with the kids and he was like, "This is he was my popping hell now. out. This is my hell now." <laughs> Tim, like they, they, they like pop him out in litters, so it wasn't like he was fine. He was busy. Yeah, they all come out at once, Tim. It's it's not like one and then you wait six months. One, wait six months. You just put six months. That's what you're going with. Yeah, cats Nine take months. less time. I think no. it's three months. Five months. <laughs> five months is his retort. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Um, I liked it. I think this is it's it's interesting because we've watched now I think two different types of Miyazaki films. Like I put Castle of Cagliostro and Nausicaa in kind of one category where it's a little bit more adult themed. There's a little bit more violence and, and, and tension. These seem to be a lot more skewed toward kids where even when, you know, the challenges that Kiki goes through, same with um, the, the two young girls in Totoro, they're, they're adult themed, but they're really kind of not as they don't, they never kind of crest into exactly what Kevin's talking about here. where like, where you hit a point where like, oh my God, this is really sad and this is very adult and this is very traumatizing. In reality, it's just uh, this this movie is kind of about coming of age and it's kind of going out there and finding yourself from from being a, a, a child to becoming a young adult and then becoming an a, a, you know an adult. 
Um, so I think it's it's it was entertaining. I liked it a lot. I thought it was endearing. Um, I love the style of it, and it has to do with witches going to some sort of training, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, but because I just I just like that. I just think it's super fun. And they always Debbie do Reynolds the, is the grandma, Halloween Town baby. Let's go. Not only that, but I, I looked up the voice actress that played Asono. And the only thing that I could, I was like, what is that voice from? And the only yep. thing that I could figure out was Agnes from The yep. Simpsons. Wait, th- no, no, no. That's not a, oh, yeah, no, yeah. That, that's exactly She plays, yeah, yeah uh, what's his name's mom? She's yeah, also yeah, Dot uh, in Adam Maniacs. Uh, oh, that's that's cool. where, that is where I recognize cool. it. God that's damn, cool. Tim, you're on it, Did dude. you, uh, yeah. So, so, Nick, I felt like, um, I, uh, again, I, I enjoy the themes and everything like that. And the magic was cool and it reminded me of being a kid and it's just like oh man like magic is cool guys and when there's magic in movies i'm a big fan and then she has to become an adult it's like fuck man like i was having a good time but- <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to think about like becoming an adult and dealing with burnout and dealing with like getting tired of work and being depressed and having long hours like I just want to see some cool magic spells and shit, you know. It's, it's just funny. Kind of bum me out. I felt like this music, this movie had so little magic going on, where it's like really all we see is like her mom has potions. We don't even see what they do. And We're not even sure her mom's good at making potions because yeah. every time we see her mom, the potion <laughs> explodes right? up in her face. Uh, and then it's, um, it's like we, it's like we just I was like, I'm gonna get into art, and you're like, oh, this is not gonna go well. And then like the week one, it's just there's paint everywhere, and you're like, this is gonna be a long haul. Nick, it's gonna speak, be a long haul. Speaking of the artist, do you recognize the voice of the for the the artist one? lady? Oh yeah, I think it was Janine Graffle, right? No, oh, yeah. no, it was Bobby was, Bobby Hill. Bobby Hill. Yeah, which what did is... Jeannie Garofalo is in this somewhere, and I couldn't figure out where she was. She I just pretty sure her. it's the artist girl. No, she's Ursula. Yeah, the artist girl, right? Yeah, is right. it? Yeah. Yeah, that's Janine Garofalo. Is that yeah. the lady that was in Californication? No. She was in uh, What Hot American Summer. Yeah, Janine Garofalo was like super popular in the early That's so weird that that's Tim's touchstone to Janine Garofalo. <laughs> but it is, though. I, I mean, it's a great touchstone, truth be told. If you haven't seen What Hot yeah. America, America's Over, you've got to watch it. I just it. think like the 90s movies that she was in, you know? No, no, it was Pamela Adelon. I'm pretty Man, sure. Y'all are getting schooled by Kevin. Oh, you're talking about the the his agent's wife from Californication? Yeah. She's fucking hilarious. If that, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it was her. They have a similar her. voice. I mean, for, I I checked the IMDb. I like I thought I recognized her voice. Then I checked the IMDb, and that's what it's I bo- saw. Let me. I'll check it because it's possible because it didn't sound. It was like Janine Garofalo. <laughs> what a the weird thing to spend this much time on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Kev, like, <laughs> like, why can't you just look it up? <laughs> I'll look it up. It was. Pamela, I mean, I to, I'm looking at it right now. It's Janine uh, Garofalo. Are you sure you're looking at the right? It's not the streamlined version because this wasn't the streamlined. This is the there's there's what, three the, audio versions. There's the you know the, the what Asian version. There's the streamlined, and then there is the, the the one that's just credited as voice on IMDb. <laughs> This is how this is how up against the wall I am. I'm scrolling down. And I'm like, I'm on the IMDb from my neighbor Totoro. This is none of this makes sense at all. <laughs> I, was just I was like, I don't see a Genie Graffo's name anywhere here. Yeah, see, I'm right. Well, the version we watched, the version I watched on HBO Max said Janine Garofalo in the in the in the credits? in the actual voice. No, in the like in the description, it said. Um, Kirsten Dunst, Janine Graffalo, and like Phil Hartman. So I assume that was the correct cast because Phil- it didn't sound like Kirsten Dunst either. But no, I mean I there, there were there were moments where it definitely sounded like her, and it sounded like her in um, Interview with a Vampire. 
where it's like her uh, very, very young sense. voice. Yeah. That makes sense because yeah. I, I'm thinking Kirsten Dunst from like slightly, you know, being an adult. But if I guess they probably did catch her when she was closer to the interview with a vampire. What, what year was this voiceover, Tim? Uh, 1998. Oh, yeah. Oh, so wait, wait, hold on. Kev, you're saying Pamela Alden? Yeah. The chat saying Pamela Alden is the little girl with the dog. The little girl with a dog? Who had a dog? I don't remember that at all. No, there was a little boy with a dog. dog. The, the boy, the dumbass boy. No, I did a lot of research like on that too. That was the voice of a character named Dean in Rugrats. What movie did you watch, Kevin? <laughs> no, no, I'm Kevin, saying in like the, in the she... version you watched, was there a witch? Because <laughs> here's my thing. I'm looking at this. It 100 has to be Janine Garofalo because Matthew Lawrence was 100 percent Tombo. No, it was for and... sure Matthew Lawrence, 100 percent, and but yeah, Dunst. then it was Janine fucking Garofalo. All right, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Guys, guys, is did people get horny for vampires with the interview with a vampire? Is that when people got horny yeah, for vampires? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, like, Andy, if I'm being 100 percent honest, there was but, never a time where people weren't horny for vampires. Okay. It's just you had to realize it's one of those things. It's like you don't know you're horny for vampires until you see a vampire and you go, "Damn!" Yeah, I'm like so. I was vampires. a kid and my pa- my parents were watching that movie and I'd be like, "I think I'm horny for vampires." Like, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it the the Bro. Antonio Banderas scene where he comes out oh, and, all of and it, it's just Kevin. like, "What is happening? What's happening? Yeah. What, what everything are feeling, Rose? does everything. Everything. <laughs> this seems this seems new." So I, I really enjoyed this movie, and uh, the, like I said earlier, Totoro and this were like the only two ones I grew up with, and I always favored Totoro, but I thought this was cool, and Gigi was always the homie, still is the homie. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this, and I think thematically it really works, everything that Belinda was talking about, about like the burnout and stuff. Like I think they did a really good job of showing her mm-hmm. like being in love with her magic and then going to the big city. And like trying to like find her place, and you know, over time, like having to do the thing that she loves for work, and it burning her out on it. The like hobby became did, a job, yeah. And they they did a really good job showing that, and um, I think that having Gigi be there as her kind of like voice of being this kid trying to work through it all, like her kind of inner thoughts are being uh, projected through his voice and the things that he's saying. I was all about really into it all. I felt like the, the movie didn't really drag or anything, and I was right there with it until the end. The blimp stuff, I was just like, where the fuck did this come from? And I just thought that it not only the stakes got raised so high so quickly, and then the movie just ends. But there were also stakes I didn't care about. That was my problem with it. You guys, like, that didn't hit you? You guys didn't hit, like, you guys weren't, because, like, that is a thing where, like, I felt like it ramped up the intensity, but in a way that, like, made sense and had me on the edge of my seat while I was in the hot tub. If Gigi was about to die, if there was, like, something like that, I would have cared, but I don't give a fuck about that. I mean, Gigi was dead. Gigi's now just a cat, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that that broke my heart and they never fixed it. He's living happy, man. Yeah, who cares, though? Sexy little cat. There's no way that, like, you go from having, like, full-on thoughts to just being a cat and, like, that's okay transition for you, you know? He's I think that was supposed to be thematic of, like, everything you give up when you only pursue sex, you know? Uh, no, I or get it, yeah. You just become some dumb animal, you know, I get it. You, you become a dumb, voice. dumb animal and you lose but your voice. To me, I just, I thought that the blimp stuff, it's like, yeah, obviously the stakes are super high when there's a giant flying thing that's about to fucking crash and kill who knows how many people, let alone this fucking Matthew Lawrence kid. Uh, but I, I'm fine with the stakes of the Matthew Lawrence kid and her like trying to save her friend and all that. I just feel like it was a kind of weird choice to be the thing that like reminds her that she can use her her powers for for good and needs to, and it like is something that she loves to do. It just kind of really came out of nowhere for me, where I was like, I don't know. And the, the and, fact that the credits just hit, like I laughed out loud. It was like, what the and, fuck? I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, Tim. 
Tim, it reminds me a lot of superhero movies where character loses their powers and all they need to do to get their powers back is just try harder. Yeah. And like there wasn't that like obviously something's under duress. We've heard Kevin, we've heard stories about mothers lifting up semi trucks to save their children. <laughs> I don't know if it was a semi truck. I think it's like a bug. We've we've heard stories about that where the adrenaline gets you pumping. But I just like I've never liked the idea of a character saying like of a character losing their powers and then going, fuck, I just need to try better this time. And, and well, like I, I wish there was always a factor that kind of like an outside fact. I don't know. It's it's always I think, weird I don't, to me. I don't think that's how it was in this, though. I think they did. It. I think the idea was that you doubt yourself when you, as you're growing up and you you question your your why you're doing things. And she needed to become more resolute in why she was tra- trying to train to be a witch. They have that wonderful conversation between her and Ursula, where she's like, "You need to go find your like your." I forget how they phrased it, but like, you need to rediscover why you love this again. And one of the things she realizes that she could really help people, and that's why she enjoyed being a witch, and that's why she, she was wanted like, to. I love blimps. I fucking love blimps. <laughs> no, but I, I love, I love that with, with Ursula. I liked that Ursula straight up uh, compared her painting, her art, to flying, and like yeah. they had this conversation where she was talking to to Kiki, and she was just like, "Like, why do you do it? Like, how do, how does it make you feel, or whatever?" And that's it's like, it's it's just like to me that was. The crux of this movie like that conversation when the the two of them are just talking because it's like it really puts it in perspective that flying isn't something she do she just does it's like something that she likes to do and that like only she can do in the beginning of the movie when it's her and that other witch and that other witch is just super confident she's talking about her skills and that she has this special skill and it's like kiki like God, by the end of this movie kiki doesn't an asshole yeah she was uh, Kiki doesn't get a special skill, but like that's kind of the point is like not everybody has that special something, but it's like you you still need to find what you have special and like you need to kind of care yeah. about it. And like the fact that she can fly makes her more special than this entire city of people, even though she doesn't have that that one unique skill. And it's just like kind of understanding. Well, isn't her skill flying? Well, no, because they could. No, because everyone well, can fly. I think remember the other oh, the, the, really the though, like yeah. I'm a fortune teller. I can like do like love spells and stuff like that. She's like that's yeah, my but specialty. I feel like I, everyone can do that, and like she's just being a dick because that girl. It was a, it was a that's a weird scene for me because yeah. that kind of sets up the promise that Kiki will discover whatever her natural power is. And by the end of the movie, I was like, wait a minute, is she never going to figure out like so all her power is is just flying? Like everyone can fly. That's kind of basic, but I, whatever. Everyone can fly. Yeah, I mean, well, just every the witch can fly. Yeah. Like it's their it's their primary mode of transportation. It's like it's like if I were to say, guys, I figured out what I want to do with my life. I'm gonna just drive a car. Yeah, but like, like that's, everyone that's can drive a car. Like that's my special though, skill know. though is just driving in an like, like that, yeah, racers or like actual nice taxi drivers or like professional, you know, like first people. off, Kevin, you and I both know there's no such thing as a nice ca- taxi driver. Every How once in a while, you get a dude that you. doesn't want to talk to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's just like, him. Right. He, that means he's this far away from just fucking Nick. pulling the car over <clears throat> the embankment and killing both Nick, of you. Remember the guy in New York, Nick, that you threatened to beat up? <laughs> I never threatened to beat that guy. <laughs> I never threatened. That guy was just being very weird with us, and I was like, "You cannot, like, I'm like, don't screw us over here, buddy. We gotta the get guy, home." The it's guy, like the guy was the like, the guy was like, "Look, uh, I, guys, just pay me right now. I'm not gonna screw you over and just leave you in the middle of the city." And Nick goes, "Good, you better not, because this, you." I forgot what the words were, but it was like, oh my God. I was like, I've never paid a cab. Anytime anyone says pay me up front, I'm like, you're clearly going to try to fuck us over. This is clearly something Absolutely. you're going to do. And I just 100%. want you to know, this will not we're, not, well we're not in the mood. <laughs> we're not in the mood to be doing this. It took us three hours to get out of this fucking WWE event. I had to carry not, a goddamn chair not, 
400 goddamn miles for cool Greg. He didn't I even want how, it. I love how many situations we have to carry chairs for cool Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no, always no, mixing those up. I think that was a lot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are in the plot for Kiki's delivery service. We start with Kiki listening to a weather forecast as the sky as, as she stares into a clear sky. Uh, the announcer says, hey, it's going to be a clear sky tonight. So if you want to rob a bank, now's the time. And she goes, I've got the bright idea. It's a clear sky. It's a full moon. Now's the time that I go out into the world and uh, and, and grab my destiny. Uh, she runs back into the house till her mom who's making a potion. And again, this is one of those instances where I'm like, maybe Kiki's family, Belinda, is just not a good witch family. No. Maybe they just kind of suck because her mom's making a potion and the second she takes her, um, you know, her attention off of it, which you have to imagine happens a lot with a house full of kids, it just blows up in her face. And I'm like, I think maybe we'll just order the potions from now you on. Don't think, you don't think it was you know? connected to her emotions and it was like the fact that like she felt this big sudden burst of like, oh shit, my kid's moving out. I mean, maybe that's the nice way. I cried like crazy when I moved out. Yeah. Did she? Well, yeah, my mom yeah, was very happy to you. see me leave. Uh, mom, Gigi, mom, of course, she runs back in and says, uh, "Hey, it's a full moon. It's time for me to go out. I'm going to go start my training." Also, her cat's name is Gigi. And the second they said that, I, I, I thought, thought to myself, "This movie is just absolutely wonderful. What a great name for a cat." I spelled Kiki it G I G I G I, but it's not. It's J I J I. So whatever you guys. And can I just say it? I'm just going to get ahead of it. Sure. MVP. Oh, oh no! Of this no, one? Kiki no Gigi Gigi yeah no I had a different MVP down for this shit who, wait who do you, you have had Ursula you had Ursula uh, fuck Ursula no. it's not even a good ta- artist artist you know oh she no I was, was gonna, making dude, up that story no the too. MVP of this for me was the dog in the house. <laughs> I forgot oh, the dog's yeah. name. Yeah, fuck that yeah. That dog was amazing. 100%. Because he just was he like, you're fun. like, this dog's going to kill Gigi. And he helped him out, put him down. And they're like, maybe if we ask real nicely, he'll take the stuffed animal back. And he's like, of course I'm going to take the stuffed animal back. I'm on your side. Do you understand me? I figured it out because dogs are smarter than cats. Yeah. They're the best. Mm. It was like Gigi's Bob the best the of us, though. Gigi's amazing. Belinda you, have to, Belinda, you have to accept it. One day you'll accept it. Mm-mm. I think we should you don't accept like Gigi? it. You don't like Gigi? Wait, you don't like Gigi, Belinda? No, I like okay. cats. I'm very pro cats. Oh yeah, no, we're super down. Yes, like Gigi. we don't like cats. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Kiki is excited to leave, uh, and of course, Kiki is played by Phil Hartman, and this is very, very exciting for me because I love Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but uh, Gigi just wants to stay home. He's like, "Why don't we stay here where it's safe?" And Kiki tells her dad she's leaving too, and he's disappointed because they were supposed to go camping. And he's like, "Wait, why don't we just go camping first? She's like, "I don't have a choice. I have to leave right now. You guys are suff- you're suffocating me. It's suffocating in this household. You're way too, way too supportive of me." Um, let's see. Oh, then I asked a question for Joey if she's watching. Where does this dad rank on your scale of hot anime dads? Question number two. Uh, is that number two? Okay. Yeah. We'll ask, we'll ask Joey about that. Uh, yeah. Oh, she she made it very clear. She was just like this dad. Mm-mm. No, and both her not. and Gia were not fucking with this dad. What? Yeah. He seemed very wow. supportive. Supportive? Yes. Uh, no. No? Well, I mean, I guess he didn't. Have, like, dad a bath scene. and supportive. Well, he had a bath scene, so it's easy to see his body and judge it. You know. Tim, it's like yeah, the difference this... between the dad in um, "To All the Boys I've Loved Before" and the dad in Belinda? "The Kissing Booth," where clearly the dad in all, "To All the Boys I've Loved Before" is like the hot dad that all of your friends like are like, "Oh my god, he's so good," and the guy in, right. in "The Kissing Booth" is just. It's horribly miscast and should just the, never be in the movie again. The bigger problem uh, was that they were saying that the uh, the second dad uh, had a receding hairline. Ladies and gentlemen, you 
can go wow. to him.com. Holy shit. So check it out. Uh, a common <laughs> issue men face but don't always want to talk about. You can think long and hard about it. 40% of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Uh, why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn instead to medicine and science? Uh, you can check out hymns and you can discover the tiny pill worthy of a big celebration. And it's not just ED. They also can help you with hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, these are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions prescriptions to help you combat ed these are prescription solutions backed by science and made more affordable nick and andy have been uh, using the hair side of this stuff for years now uh, they love how easy it is uh to, to get what they need it was simple it was uh you know confidential and all that uh, the doctor stuff it's great um try hymns today by starting out with a free online visit go to forhymns.com slash kfms that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s.com slash kfms forhymns.com slash kfms prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate see website for full details and safety information this could cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy remember that's forhymns.com slash kfms next up let me tell you about honey we all shop online we've all seen the promo code field taunt us at checkout no more you don't need to do that honey is so simple and you're crazy if you're not using it it's super easy to set up one click, boom, it's in your browser. Next thing you know, anytime you're buying anything online, whether it's from a bestbuy.com, etsy.com, ebay.com, all the, the different places that you buy stuff, it automatically uh, gives you the best promo code. It applies it for you, and you're just saving money. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. I personally have probably saved $1,000 from this over time. Kind of Funny has saved thousands of dollars uh, over the last couple of years using Honey. Uh, if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, installs in a few seconds, and by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and supporting this beloved show right here get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash morning that's joinhoney.com slash morning um then finally hello fresh you can get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with hello fresh america's number one meal kit hello fresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun easy and affordable now more than ever with this whole situation going on right now you don't want to be going outside you don't have to go to a supermarket get your food just delivered right to you it's fun different recipes all the time keeping things fresh and crazy we had andy over last weekend and uh gia made him some some burgers straight from hello fresh HelloFresh offers contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. Uh, their pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste. You can keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order. Uh, HelloFresh is committed to making fresh, delicious food available now more than ever and has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe. Um, You can go to HelloFresh.com slash 80morning and use code 80morning to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restri restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. HelloFresh.com slash 80morning. I know I did the ad a little earlier than uh, than normal there, but I, I saw the segue and I had to go for it. It was a good you segue, Tim. You're, you're really good at that. Good. That legitimately was said last night. It was brought up. Of why yeah. this is dad number two, and see, this so, makes me feel you can't more say that to than normal. Nick and Andy, you know, forhims.com. <laughs> anyway, here's the question I have for you, Tim, before we go on How many yes. Lawrence brothers are there? Three. Is it just the <laughs> two? <laughs> no, there's three. Are you there's forgetting three? about Andy? Are you kidding me? 
Who's Andy? Andy Lawrence? Andy Lawrence? And the young oh, brother, man. There's no the Andy other Lawrence. me? No. Yeah, did you ever see Brother Lawrence? No. Brother Lawrence great. Why does this kid look like he's Brandon Fraser's brother? Yeah, I don't like something going on. Yeah, he always had a weird vibe. Weird vibe. Yeah, I think that like crazy man. I think when the Lawrence brothers were being formed, they were they got like progressively less attractive. Like I'm not trying to knock physical appearance or whatever, but I feel like. Like Joey Lawrence and Matthew Lawrence, pretty hot guys in their prime. Matthew Lawrence is, I think, the best looking of all three of them. I got to be honest with you. He's yeah, I think you're wrong. Married to Cheryl Burke? I didn't know that. You think I'm wrong? You think Joey's no, better? No, I think Andy's wrong. I think uh, Cheryl Burke. Matthew's number one. She's a dancer on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, Very Jesus. Good dancer. <sighs> what a weird world we live in. <laughs> yeah. Man. Any, anyway, I just remember looking at, you know, I would look at Joey Lawrence and Matthew Lawrence and be like, Man, I'm a kid right now, and I I wish I was as cool as these guys when I grew They're up. So and I look cool. at Andy Lawrence and be like, I'm cooler than this little fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you have not one, not two, but three Disney Channel original movies? No, it's not a chance, think... and that's why I felt robbed. I felt, yeah, I felt, you know, the day Andy has a day. Disney Channel original movie is the day I pack it up and work for Andy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go back to this though. Kiki says goodbye to her friends. Uh, first off, Kiki's mom makes her a, a nice black dress and tells her to follow her heart. Then Kiki jacks her dad's radio. Uh, she asks her dad to lift her up high like she did when she was little, and he, he obliges. Uh, he tells her that if things don't work out. I well, he, again, Kevin, Kevin, we've we've already established this guy is like basically half a man at best. He's got no hair. <laughs> he can't lift his daughter into the air. And I think... I don't know. I think he's got some weird fetishes too about no, camping. Dude, We're not... Also, his daughter's like fucking twenty years old. She doesn't need to be lifted up in the She's air anymore. Thirteen. They said that earlier. She's she close asks to, to be lifted close up. Close to twenty. She asks to be lifted up, and he obliges. It just it, it did remind me of that one mind blowing fact that I always read up on the internet, where it's like one there was a day where your parents picked you up and put you down for the last time. And I was like, wow, dude, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Seventeen for you. That's crazy. There you go. Wow. How about that? It's back, uh, it's back when you were a lot more svelte. Uh, let's see. Kiki says goodbye to her friends, and her mom wants her to use her broom instead of the one Kiki made earlier that day. She's like, it's a lot safer. And I'm like, this. I love this because this is like, I want to go. I want I want to buy the, the Volkswagen Beetle that barely works. And your mom's like, take the station wagon. You're taking the station wagon. It's safer. <laughs> Uh, Kiki mounts her broom and her friends cheer her on. At first, she can't get up into the air, and then uh, just nothing like a good old slap in the ass to fix it. She literally slaps that piece of wood, and then boom, up she goes. Uh, uh, Gigi climbs. Uh, she, anyway, uh, she heads south to the ocean. She's like, I want to see the ocean, and then Gigi climbs up to the tip of the broom handle and turns on the radio. Uh, and in the tradition of amazing intro songs from Miyazaki films, this one right up there, right up there. This like uh, amazing beat that starts playing, and then we see her flying through the air. Uh, up in the air, Kiki spots another witch who is kind of an asshole, as Kevin pointed out earlier. What? Like and just unnecessarily being a dick. Just being mean. Sure. I don't know why. She had an opportunity to be a mentor for this younger witch, yeah. and she just chose to be a prick, pretty much. A lot a of bitch. people just are say like... bitch. It rhymes. What? What do we? <laughs> Right, oh, man, with which? Out, bro. Yeah, just Damn, I know, man. Right, why do you gotta? Why do you gotta bring that negativity into yeah, this? Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't bring that, Don't bring this negativity into our coven. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh like uh, witches. I get it. There you go. The senior uh, witch's special skill, she tells her, is fortune telling, so she never has to worry. She's like, uh, she's like, hey, what? How, what's? Are you ever worried about stuff? And she goes, no, because I have a fortune telling skill, so I never worry about shit. And then they stare at each other blankly, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, okay. 
this senior witch is going to be like the big antagonist when when Kiki gets to her witch school. We're clearly going to see her more. Nope, never see her again. Nor is there any mention of this special skill that Kiki's supposed to go out and. Uh, and it's and, flying. And her special skill is flying. She flies better than everyone anyone else. Can fly. Everyone can fly. And also, she's not that great a flyer in this, as we well, see throughout the entire movie. When it starts, movie. by the end, she's flying in like storms, carrying a pot pie with fish in it. I'm Ew. just going to say it. She's not great at flying. She doesn't really have her head wrapped around this delivery service either. She hasn't quite figured out that sometimes when you're in the air, it rains on the package. She's like a really bad she FedEx the dress, delivery driver. Remember? <laughs> when it got there, it was dry. Like, she made it very clear. Like, don't worry. Hey, that we I got made it. sure it was dry. Yeah. <laughs> Not UPS. I respect UPS more than FedEx. Uh, the senior really? flexes on the side of her uh, flexes on the sides of her city and then bounces. Gigi calls her a snob, and then Kiki wonders what her special. I hate, I hate it. Like I don't want to be the one to bring attention to it because like we've already made it however many minutes into Kiki. this. But like you haven't made a Kiki joke, but you keep saying her name the same way. <laughs> That's how I say Kiki. Okay. That's how my grandma Scarpino used to ask me when I was a very young child if I had to go to poo poo. She said, "You gotta take a Kiki." Little I said, fourteen yes, year old. <laughs> And then, she, and then Kevin, like, yeah, and Kevin she would hold my she would hold my hand as I, yep, put, I yep. she would hold my Just hand in the bathroom and she would feed me <laughs> the top of your palm. What? Like how this is evolving. Yeah. Poor Belinda's like, I don't have context for this. You don't, don't need to You don't need to just walk away. I don't know also, where this joke started though. It started uh, on the podcast. Yeah, he was just uh, talking about like I think we said Kiki and he was like, huh, that's what my grandma used to call pooing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She called she, she yeah. Nikki Nico Kiki. I go, Grandma Nico Kiki. Oh, let's move on. Uh, Do you see Joel Lawrence's abs that I shared here on this uh, Discord thing? They're they absurd. Great. They, look, they are absurd. They well, Joy Lawrence got jacked, but that's because he started losing his hair, so he had to get jacked. You're <laughs> 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 the things that you associate together are very it's you. It's true. He I got jacked it. right on the time he started it. going super bald. That Remember makes sense. He was on some show. He was on Blossom for a while or some shit like that, right? As as the brother or something. And then he went away and then he came back super jacked but super bald. And everyone's like, the abs don't <laughs> quite make up for Did it. Did any of you watch Brotherly Love? Yes. No. no. What is that stupid okay. show? Thank you. Andy. Did Belinda, you didn't watch Brotherly Love? That seems like a Belinda show. I don't think I did. You'd love it. Nope. It's about the Lawrence brothers and a mechanic. Cool. Great. Is the mechanic right, related so it starts to raining. Or? It starts raining real hard, and this is the first instinct where I would be like, we need to have an umbrella on this broom or some sort of top, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they don't have a choice. Solution. They head down into the train uh, to, to get out of the rain, and it's filled with hay. And they're, uh, they kind of, in, in, the, in the warmth and comfort of the hay, they fall asleep. Um, the next morning, wait, they wait, wake wait, up. Wait, hold to- on. Uh, two, two seconds here. I don't know if you've ever been on hay. It's but there's not nothing comfortable about it. It itches. No. And you can't also bad, yeah. lift it like a blanket. But I really liked whatever this contraption that they were in that, like, had the hay elevated above the cows. If that's how cows actually get transported on trains, I'm all about that. It kind of makes sense because that way they don't poop in their food. Uh, so you would imagine that that makes it a lot easier to clean everything out, sure, you know? Sure. But anyway, but they yeah, wake up and th- this scene bothered the fuck out of me because I'm like, Why? dude, if I'm wet, I don't want grass on me, dude. Like, yeah. fuck like it that. Sticky, like it would be sticking Mm-mm, to you. Yeah. I know it get itchy, Belinda. Like, you, you, I would always get itchy when I'd be in the grass. Did anybody get itchy when they were, when they would? Oh yeah, play the, oh, yeah. on the grass as a kid. Really, you guys got uh, itchy? Yeah, yeah. super itchy. You didn't get itchy? No, I love laying on grass. It's one of my favorite things to do. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, just laying in grass, watching the clouds go by. Like, I know that you guys are gonna make fun of me right now, 
but I'm just being honest, all right? I There's fucking like love I it. Reason, I think the only reason you get itchy is because it doesn't it give you like, well, maybe you might be slightly allergic, but doesn't well, it give you like little tiny cuts? I, my, when my, whenever my dad chopped uh, chopped up the grass, he would he didn't do it with a like mower. He would go and actually use the clippers, which I always thought was crazy because we had a mower. But he just found it relaxing, right? But he would get like little scratches all over his hand, like his arm. Yeah. But like I never did. Tim, stop well, laughing. <laughs> I hate this so much, you guys. <laughs> Let's keep going with the plot. Anyway, they wake up with cows licking their toes, and this is a fun little scene. Um, and then uh, when they pop out, uh, Gigi spots a beautiful seaside town that's built onto the hill and wonders if they have a witch there. Uh, they take off into the air again, a little rough this time, uh, and head toward the town amidst an escort of seagulls. Uh, Kiki asks the clock tower keeper if any witches live there, and he tells her he hasn't seen one since we burned that last one at the stake. Come on, son. <laughs> uh, anyway, she flies through the city, the town, like a crazy person and lands amongst a group of citizens, and n- none of none of them seem to be nice people. And this is my this is my my first critique of this movie is that Kiki is this beautiful pure witch who comes and she just wants to help people and she encounters nothing but assholes and creep balls and there, that's I mean, that's all she gets. I feel like the there's city. two things going on. Yeah, it's it's a big city and it's one of those situations where it's like, well, yeah, it's, people don't care. Just move the fuck out of my way. And there was one lady that was like, ah, oh, that's nice. I'll see you later. <laughs> She was barely a human being at best. Of course, uh, for some reason, a cop decides to come over and start messing with her. Uh, and it sounds this the voice actor for this sounds a lot like Zenigata, so I give this guy a pass. Uh, but he writes her a ticket for drunk and disorderly until someone around the corner screams, "Hey, <laughs> yells, thief!" And then uh, the guy's like, "Well, you're lucky you got off on this one, but if I see you drunkenly driving that broom around again, you're going to the slammer, kid." And anyway, uh, we're starting to get a picture here that living in the big city kind of sucks. Uh, wait, oh, <laughs> wait until you oh, step God. into NPCs is what I wrote. That's something we have to deal with here in San Francisco a lot. I, I hold on. I just love that Nick is reading this as if like as if Bruce Banner is reading what the Hulk re- wrote. <laughs> like, well, the problem is I watch. Sometimes I watch these movies a few days earlier and I don't remember anything about them, and then. <laughs> I see the funny thing that I wrote, and I go, that's really funny, but that's not going to play. <laughs> and it didn't. Uh, of course, Tombo catches up with her and tries to introduce himself as the person who just saved her butt. And he's like, oh, I was the one that that, that uh, yelled out and lied to a cop. And she's like, you're, we're already off to a bad start. You're creeper. You're weird. And you're lying to cops. This is not good. He's a fucking creeper, dude. Now, he's he is creeper. just obsessed with her flying, but it is it is just creepy. Like, get away from her, dude. Yeah, she fucking said no she's got you know he's got a crush and like she's seems like she's never fucking met a boy before because she's just like hey uh, you're supposed to fucking introduce yourself to me and he's like well that's uh some weird shit man (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's very very traditional she says you're you're uh you're a person who said anyway she says something about like being we weren't properly introduced by adults you're being rude right now and he's like what fucking weird country town are you from, or what century are you from because yeah. i'm living in 1998 right now and we're in the fastness of the we city game watch out don't step on I'm that matthew bump. i'm matthew lawrence uh after getting turned away at a hotel she sits and ponders the next move roaming the town like came from kung fu she happens upon a baker trying to return a pacifier to a mother and her newborn child that just left the store um kiki offers to deliver it for her uh she says i can reach the woman in no time this is every time he says kiki uh <laughs> I'd like how to... else am i supposed to say <laughs> it that's yeah, on I'm you i'm being it. straight here i, I'm I being think that we should... belinda are playing it straight i think we should nominate uh what's her name osono 
as uh, MVP because like she really saved the day. Like yeah, until I don't this fuck with moment, her, I respect her, but I don't fuck with her. What? I don't want to hang out with her. I feel like to be an MVP, like Fujiko Bro. from Lupin. I want to hang out with her. I'm not trying to hang out with the Sono. I'd rather hang out with Gigi. Here's the thing. Here's like, the let thing. me tell you, Fujiko's going to those parties you want to go to. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? You don't even yeah. know that party was happening until Fujiko, you roll with Fujiko. She's 100%. Like, a real party. But like, Osono is taking you out of the rain and being like, hey, you know what? You're a witch. Chill my But spot. Osono also laughs at you like an asshole sometimes. Like every well, once in a while, keep going like, oh. Nick? Yeah. yeah. Did you realize... Yeah. How many winks this woman was given? She gets a lot of winks. Yeah. An excessive amount of Nick Scarpino quality winks that I was like, yeah. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about all of this. I feel I feel right at home suddenly. Uh, let's see. <laughs> she and Gigi hop aboard the broom and zoom off to deliver the pacifier to uh, baby Zangief here. And then uh, BTW Kiki. Co- uh, is Kiki co- oh, this way. Uh, Tim, this would be a uh, Kiki cosplay would be an appropriate uh, uh, dress up for you and Gia. So you sure. could Gia could be Kiki and you could be um, Gigi and then um, Kevin can dress as the baker. It'll be perfect. Um, to show her thanks, the Osono is a weird character, right? He's just kind of like quiet the whole time. And I, feel like so, I feel like he's kept around for his body. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Andy. Weird. That's what I was. <laughs> at first off, like he's a baby making the... machine, and that's it. Wait, here, here's. <laughs> It's so weird because at first I she thought, got okay, this in the guy's oven. like, this guy's just a worker at the bakery. No. And then I was like, oh, maybe he's her oldest son. No. And then it turns out he's the husband who's making the baby. And I'm like, this guy just. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> because he doesn't have a role in this other than just be a walking, like. That's what he gets, owner. man. Hey, man. Look, dude. I get it, you know? Andy, is that your goal in life, just to have a, a woman take care of you and bake stuff for you and then occasionally yes. just need your sperm? Yes, yes. He was yes, baking yes, stuff, yes. Though, Look, right? Look, here's, here's the thing, guys. Like, Jesus Christ, and occasionally often on need show, your sperm. God. Often on the show, like we, we get a little bit graphic and we say some inappropriate things and blah, 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 blah. That's what we do here. This isn't a joke. This is me being serious. There's a scene in this where Kiki kind of looks at him and then walks into a room is like a little flustered. And it's like, did she just have a sexual awakening from this man? Like, it, I, the read that I got from it was totally that this young girl has never seen a man before. A Certainly muscular. with that father. Well, apparently we exactly. Apparently we're going back to the fact that her dad is just completely like lesser, according to Joey. <laughs> Keep demasculating the father. Barely a man at best. With that yeah, pathetic hairline of his. If only he had gotten <laughs> four hands earlier. Just Guy hasn't lifted a weight since 1973. What, Linda? Lovely. You get to be on the list of not dads on the list. This oh, dad? Yeah. Where does this guy rank? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a, a daddy. Call, he's hold daddy. on. I'm going to call Joey. He's a daddy. Yeah, I don't like sure. when you say daddy, Andy. It makes me uncomfortable. Kevin. Yeah. See, Kevin. you see what I mean? Oh. We're always close. Kevin, to... lift me. There it is. Kevin, lift me to the sky. <laughs> Kevin will lift you, too. Kevin loves lifting people up. Oh, I do. Yeah. I Kevin. really like lifting people. Kevin, 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 go over to Tim's house right now and lift him into the sky, please, for me. Kevin, no. I need a good back. I need a good back crack, dude. Oh, Andy, it's been a while. You yeah, wear your mask, I'll wear my mask. We can crack each other's back. Why don't you wear each other's masks? That's not hygienic. Kiki, let's make a kiki together. <laughs> oh, Space <no>. kiki. <laughs> Belinda has a real Joey. career. I just want everyone to know that. Joey's uh, asleep. Joey's taking a nap, dude. <laughs> let's see. Just bang uh, on the roof, Tim. Oh, we're coming. Oh. What's happening? Oh, hold on. Joey's answered. Joey Noel. Yes. Uh, where does the baker dad rank on your hot dads of Miyazaki? 
Um, he's got that smoldering thing going on, you know? So I would say that he, in he picture, didn't, isn't he the one that picture that, like, cute little sign for the shop that's made out of bread? He does. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. Which mm, is going to get second. Got a big hog, too. Number two. We heard it really here first. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Thank you, Joey. Thank you. Yeah, okay. My yeah. I'm switching over cameras. It's Hold good on. to know we got there. So, number one, we right? have the dad from Totoro. Yeah. Number it's two, fine. we have Baker dad. And then, like, at a distant third, we have Kiki's it's not even ass loser dad. ass dad. Embarrassing <laughs> father. <laughs> Fucking totally emasculated. No, like, I understand why she didn't go back dippy. to her hometown, you know? Exactly. Dude, for well. Nothing there for her. Um, let's see. To show her thanks, Osono the baker whips her up some hot chocolate and a bowl of milk for Gigi, who is stoked by it. Uh, Osono guesses she's the new witch and offers Kiki the spare room in her attic. Uh, it's a bit run down, but uh, it has a hell of an ocean view. Gigi still wants to look for a real town, uh, but across the way, a little white fluffy cat snubs her nose at him, and he's like, I'm all in on this town right now. Uh, he becomes immediately uh, crushed by her, or has a crush on her. Uh, later that night, Kiki tells Gigi she's decided to stay. Maybe she can find some other nice people like Osono who will like uh, uh, like her and accept her for who she is. The next morning, um, let's see, she heads down to uh, drop a deuce in the outhouse and is startled by the appearance of the bakery worker. This is a weird scene for me because she goes. <laughs> I don't remember this scene. You don't remember? She goes no. down to drop a deuce and then sees the guy. She's like, "Oh no!" And then nothing happens. <laughs> Is it's that very is this weird. the scene Tim you were talking That's about? That's the scene I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. No, so I I caught her as like being startled, as getting caught or whatever. What what there is a scene later though, Tim, where Kiki is looking at muscular daddy, uh Baker I Daddy. I don't like this. I'm being And clear, Baker I'm Daddy horrible. like is knows that she's watching but just isn't paying attention. And then he does like that cool fucking spin with the plate with the pan mm-hmm. and the little breads in there, and he kind of gives her a look like you saw that shit. That's fucking sweet, right? Like he kind of like <laughs> it's fucking he's, sweet. This dude's showing off, dude. It's I don't like this. really turning me on. I gotta say, no, all I right, I don't like this. Um, evidently, this whole situation gives her a really good idea. They're gonna need a phone because she's gonna start a delivery service. Kiki's flying delivery service. Uh, Gigi watches with awe as the baker. This is that scene where Andy was talking about. Gigi just like staring at him. He's just like tumbling stuff around. And he's like, wow, you're really good. I just, Sono- <laughs> that, was, that was actually, that I'll was just, pretty good. That was pretty good. I'll just, I'll just never forget Nick saying, and this is a really weird scene for me. <laughs> for him personally. <laughs> uh, Sono makes her a deal. If he helps out around the, the, the shop and watches the, the, the counter from time to time, she can use their phone instead of buying her own, which is going to be expensive, and stay in the house, in the attic house, and get one free breakfast. Now, I don't think she's a great negotiator because I think that she could have taken breakfast off the table and still gotten uh, Kiki on this one, but well, I digress. She obviously I, wants to Again, take this kid. is her. This is why she should be the MVP. She's just taking care of her. Like she's, she's being also possible. a nice, she's motherly, like caring person. Uh, let's see. Kiki goes out shopping uh, and Gigi spots himself on a coffee mug and he's like, wow, it looks just like me. On the way home, Kiki spots a pair of I love that. I love that. He's like, hey, it's me. And then she just buys the cup. Yep. It's great. It's great. Um, with barely enough money to eat. I think she looks, she sees these bright red shoes, and I can't remember if she bought them or not, but I think she can't buy them because she doesn't have enough money to, to eat. And she keeps talking about how all they can eat is pancakes. And I'm like, wait a minute. You can eat pancakes and never gain a pound? Fucking sign me up. This sounds great. Uh, Tumbo comes Tombo comes back with his stupid nerd friends and, and who accidentally insult her. And I'm like, 
where did these did someone watch the Goonies and that's where they got these this group of friends out? Because there's literally Andy, if there's one thing I was terrified of when I was a kid, okay, it was lasers, right? We already figured this out. Yeah. Quicksand, a close second. A third was something I can't remember. Fourth, we're putting on the list, Tim, a group of super rich kids in a car that come by yeah. just to insult you and then drive off. And but you have to Nick, ride your stupid bike and be in, and be just debilitated. What's up? The car was like really shitty and run down. Reminded me of the car from Greece. You remember this car that they're I fixing do remember, up? Yes, the, the, I do. What the are they Greece called? Grease Lightning. What, the, what was that gang called? They were the uh, oh, not the Jets. The yeah, the thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if, if anybody knows, Belinda knows. <laughs> Belinda, where do you come down on Grease Two? Because Joey swears Grease Two is better than Grease One, and she's a monster. But she, I don't think I she don't, ever said that much. I like it very much, but I don't think it's better. Man, I gotta watch Grease Two. But, but Belinda, do you, so like you actually think it's good? Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hard truth. <laughs> that look of disappointment in Andy's face it, Andy? says it all. Huh? Have you seen it? I mean, I saw it a long time ago as a kid, and even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it was bad. Well, you're talking about Grease 2, right? Not Grease yeah, 1. Grease 2. No, I love Grease 1 as a kid. You gotta love Grease 1 as a kid. Because my mom was like, somebody my made My mom and Grease. every mom, my, my mom's age had an obsession with John Travolta growing up. Yeah. Um, My aunts had him. Everybody was obsessed with John Travolta. So... I grew up and Grease was just kind of regularly on every once in a while because my mom would, you know, watch it or whatever. So Grease one, I dug, was a fan of it, but Grease two, I was like, mm, mm-mm. well, there you go. What the hell's going on? Somebody's <laughs> in a washing machine right now. This is a big truck. They're oh. getting very clean. <laughs> Uh, Kiki heads back to the bakery where she finds her first client. Uh, she agrees to deliver a gift for her client's nephew, which is a weird stuffed black cat in a cage. And I, at this point, I'd be like, you're not right, lady, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> they decide on a price using the old Tim Gettys method where she goes, how much does it cost? And the other the, Kiki's like, I don't know how much you got. And she's like, I got $500. And then she goes, cool. That's how much it costs. <laughs> there you go. We'll scale accordingly. The Tim Gettys method, it would have, I was even saying this to G and Joey. I was just like, if I was Kiki, I would have been like, cool. That'll get you halfway. Where you at? Where you at? <laughs> what about my what you got in that other hand, huh? Exactly. Empty your pockets, lady. But like, it, it, was, it was supposed <laughs> to be like a lot, right? Well, it was more than she wanted. It was endearing. It, it, apparently, everyone that meets Kiki is just like, "I want to. You're you're awesome and very wholesome. We want to take care of you." Well, uh, Kiki, I, to be fair, it was like, with the exception of the cop and the and the up and coming, uh, we're going to talk a little a little shit about this fucking clock tower keeper who was kind of a prick. We'll just say that the clock tower keeper, interesting the guy with the broom at the end, who was like, "I'm not going to give you my broom." He's like, give yeah, me yeah, a fucking yeah, broom, okay. old man. Okay, Finally. I thought you were talking about the dude that was in the clock tower that was like way too friendly to this kid that's like hanging off, or he's like, "Just grab on, it'll be fine." It's, it's like, the same guy. Do more. Is it? It's the same guy. Yeah. Uh, he had a broom. He has a broom and he's like sweeping out the things. And then later he's just an asshole to everyone. Whoa. It's like, oh, that's the guy we all going to talk shit about now. Kiki flies with a group of wild geese who start freaking out because a gust of wind is coming. And sure enough, it knocks Kiki and the package off her broom. Uh, she and Gigi land in the tree and get attacked by Mama Crow protecting her AIDS. Or, excuse me, eggs, not AIDS. Uh, Gigi notices that the toy fell out but when they head back to the trees they they get the full wrath of the murder of crows uh seeing no other option kiki talks Gigi into pretending to be the doll until she can make the swap uh kiki delivers the gift to a spoiled little piece of shit and this is again another instance this town is just full of horrible people every kid in this town is a spoiled brat uh, except for kiki and then uh, she delivers it to this kid who jets off uh, to find and then jets off to find the stuffed animal leaving Gigi to potentially be eaten by the family dog uh when she gets back to the forest kiki discovers a, lo- uh, a log cabin 
She spots the black cat in the window and heads in to find the cluttered cabin belonging to Ursula the painter. Uh, Kiki notices the stuffed cat has a torn seam, so Ursula makes her a deal. Scrub my floors and I'll fix your cat. I don't understand why people just can't. Why is everything trans, like uh, what, transactional in this goddamn world? When you get to the big city, why is everyone? People just can't do something nice for you. Hey, I lost my cat. I'm trying. I'm starting a delivery service. I'm a 13 year old kid. I've lost my cat. And she goes, cool. Scrub my fucking floors, you stupid kid. <laughs> And I'll fix your cat. It'll take me five seconds to fix your cat. Get on your hands and knees with a fucking brush and scrub my shitty artist floor. I'd be like this. I'm going to put a fucking hex on everyone. I'm going to put a hex on everyone in this town. I'm going to turn you all into fucking cows. You can lick my toes while I sleep above you in the haystack, you piece of shits. God, Nick. I digress. (laughs) There's so much aggression in you. I'm sorry. I'm just tired of Kiki being mistreated by this. There's like one nice person here, and then just everyone's creeping on her, just trying to get something out of her. It's the big city, Kevin. It ruins all of us. We should all move into the woods. Just eat crows. Hey, this girl anyway, was in the woods. She was eating crows. She was. Well, I don't know what she was doing with crows, but she had an unholy alliance with them. Meanwhile, back at the spoiled little shit's house, Gigi is slowly being consumed by Jeff the dog, who is just like, I'm going to slowly get close to you and then probably eat you alive like an anaconda snake. The family really thinks it's great that Jeff is so excited about playing with the stuffed cat. Jeff scratches the door to be let out once outside. Uh, he lets Gigi go. It turns out Jeff Jeff is fucking Super cool. one of the homies. Super Jeff is a cool homie. cat, man. Cool yeah. dude. Cool dude. Uh, Kiki asks him nicely to help them out, and Jeff obliges by taking the real stuffed animal back into the house. And that's the last time anyone's ever seen Jeff alive. Uh, when she gets back to the bakery, okay. Kiki finds a bread sculpture uh, of her and Gigi and the words Kiki's Delivery Service baked into it. It's her first business sign ever, and she loves it. That's a very so endearing good. moment. So uh, the next, the next uh, day... Business is slow, and Kiki is worried that she'll have to eat pancakes forever. And I'm like, again, this fucking sounds great to me. By herself <laughs> eating pancakes, great. Kiki spots her neighbor, uh, the one with the snobby cat outside. Apparently, she's a famous clothing designer. Uh, Kiki gets a call from for a delivery uh, while Tombo creeps around outside. Uh, he comes in, and Kiki promptly ignores him and until he invites her to a party at the aviation club. It's a serious club for kids who are into flying and aircraft and stuff and also being kind of creepy and wearing big shirts. Another customer comes in with a delivery, uh, and Kiki's overjoyed to have a reason to ignore Tumbo further, uh, who will be back at 6 p.m. to pick her up tonight. And if I were this kid's older brother or dad, I'd be like this. Hey, buddy, you invited her to a party. She said no. That's it. You don't come back. You're done. I appreciate done. Your, your wherewithal, but maybe just go – and work on your dork bicycle with the with the with the thing, and just leave it leave it alone, okay? Uh, maybe get a three D printer and just work on printing fucking Star Wars tokens. Print yeah, something. but like just here's the thing: as soon as as soon as he leaves, she's so excited. She's so she stoked. That's the only thing I she think, can think about. She forgets about this delivery. Like she literally just like accepted. I think it's supposed to. I think they were playing this of like they're both awkward kids and they don't know how to interact with each other, and maybe they do like each other, but. Um, I still think this Tumbo kid needs to just take a take a freaking long walk off a short pier. Anyway, um, when Tumbo leaves, Kiki, of course, freaks out. She doesn't know what to wear. Osona tells her to wear what she has on. It makes her look mysterious and cool. And I agree. Kiki lugs the first package up the flight of stairs to deliver it and then heads to the house with the blue roof to pick up her second delivery. Uh, when she gets there, she introduces herself to her client, an older woman who was hoping to have Kiki deliver a pot pie for her granddaughter's birthday party. Uh, but her oven is broken. And Kiki's like, dude, I got you. We got a wood burning oven there. Why are you trying to use this? piece of shit like 1980s technology when you got this old school technology i'll go out and get some wood from the uh from the place where they keep the what do they call them the place where they keep the wood doesn't matter bring it back in 
we'll fire this bad boy up. We'll have this Popeye going in no time. And then she goes, what's the Popeye made of? And it's like herring and something else. And I go, fish lady. Like all these movies always have moments where they like make food and I always get really excited. Ruined it for me this time. Yeah, this I was is just like, disgusting. I don't want to eat a fish pot pie. I like fish fine, just not in my pot pies. Uh, while the pot pie is cooking, uh, Kiki offers to help with some other chores. She's like, I'm here. I might as well help you out. And she like fixes some light bulbs and stuff. And then she realizes, oh, no, I'm going to be late for my party. But I still have to deliver this because I'm a person of my word. Uh, she flies fast to avoid the rain, but unfortunately, it doesn't work. Uh, covering the pot pie with her dress. She soldiers on. Uh, Tumbo Rick, arrives at the bakery, uh, but can't Nick, find really Kiki. Quick. Yeah. They kept their clock 10 minutes off. Did they keep it off, or was it just an old clock that needed to be serviced and was off? I don't know. It was 10 minutes off, and, like, that horrifies me. Sometimes I get in someone's car, and the time will be one hour off because, you know, daylight savings time, and, like, it's been six months, and it's like, why did you not switch it? Kevin, that's why you. That's when. That's when you do this. You accidentally, accidentally throw their keys out the window while they're looking for it. You go in there and you fix it yourself. Oh no, I, I will time. just fix it myself all the time. I don't have to I throw sh- the keys out. Sometimes people are like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm setting your time correctly." I do I it to, to my late all the time too. I used to be late all the time, and I actually set the clock in my car ten minutes fast. So I would always freak out, and then I would. Like, I respect hurry that, up and like mix stuff, and then eventually I, I was like, "Oh shit, wait, yeah." Kind of trained my brain into being uh, slightly on time. Um, let's see. She helps out with I'm, tours. I'm making, a, I'm making a thumbnail, by the way, for, uh, for those of y'all wondering. I'm sure the chat's like, Andy's just not even paying attention. I'm making a thumbnail. Sorry, man. Uh, Andy, why, why are you, uh, why, why are you so insecure about the chat? It's okay. They love you. Don't worry about it. Chat, they, throw, out some, throw out some Andy. Throw out some Cheeto fingers emotes Cheeto to, fingers, uh, to support on. Andy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kiki flies Wait, no, past the quick, morning. Actually, Nick, gets... just for two seconds, let me, like, you didn't find that when you would look at clocks, you'd be like, I have 10 minutes. What? No, it was fast. No, I understand. I like, but Nick, I'm Nick, saying, I like, agree. Other Nick, I agree. Oh, you, you mean eventually I figured it out and then just, yeah. I was like, I'll train my brain and just be like, oh, I've got 10 extra minutes and my clock's fast. I but, do the same thing though, Nick, but then it becomes a vicious circle because you keep on extending that time, extending the time. By the time you know it, you're back You're back at the same time. Yeah, I have Gia, hours. every it's week, like, she changes mine by a couple minutes. She doesn't tell me how many minutes early it is. So when I, I look like at my that. car, that's smart. That's uh, not true. It's not true at all. Okay. No. Yeah, your car floats though, right? The time actually moves around, or is that? Well, your what? car, your car's probably got satellite. It's probably uplinked to a satellite. No, it's not. I, I do the ten minute early thing too. Oh, ten okay. minutes seven, because seven's the hardest to do the math on. Uh, seven's impossible. That's Any not, odd number is going to be hard. Just hard. add ten and then subtract three. It's really easy. And then multiply by two. Kiki delivers the pot pie to yet another ungrateful piece of shit teenager. Eventually, Kiki is the only kid. Evidently, Kiki's the only Fuck kid in town with, who is not a kid. fucking asshole. This Fuck kid this sucks. kid. She worked so hard for it. Now, I would have taken that pot pie and been like, oh, you don't want it? Throw it through the fucking window. Throw it through the throw fucking through the window. Mm, These rude kids. God, and, and now I have a cold. Later. Now God. I have a cold because I flew in the fucking, in, you know what I mean? Belinda, oh, Jesus Christ, these ungrateful kids. This is why you don't have kids because they all turn out like this eventually. Done. All of them. I was watching a, a, a video breaking this down, breaking Kiki down, and uh, the movie. And yeah. uh, I thought it was pretty interesting where the one of the points was that it's about her being different than these other kids. And the main thing that makes her different isn't that she's a witch. It's that she's working. Like the way that the kids talk to her, at least. Like there's mm-hmm. a scene in the beginning when they drive by in the weird-ass Grease 2 car. Yeah. Um, and they're like, like, oh, like you're working? Like we don't work. And it's like that is the divide between them and the fact that she is delivering to them. It's like she's working for them throughout the movie and it's, it's cool stuff. 
that makes sense. And I like that, by the way. Yeah, she has she definitely is a lot more grounded and has a much better sense of reality than these kids theme, uh, you know, come off as having. Uh, Let's see. The next morning, let's see. When Kiki gets back to the bakery, she spots Tumble walking away. Hold on, guys. Sorry. Um, I just got a text message from my brother. If I was still tweeting, I'd say, I wonder what Jeannie would dream of. Okay. Okay. That's a God bless him. There it is. God bless. Why don't you tweet that out for him, Cool Cool G? Just make sure you tag him on that. Cool G. Uh, Kiki delivers. But anyway, when Kiki gets back to the bakery, she spots Tombo walking away. Gigi thinks that can catch up to him, but soaked and defeated, Kiki decides that I'm just going to call it a night. Uh, The next morning, Gigi scratches at the window to get Asano's attention. Kiki is sick. Probably cancer, he thinks. Uh, What's up? I was going to say, like, it it bummed me out because he was right there. Like, she at this point is probably 15 minutes late, maybe up to 30 minutes late, right? Yeah. And well, she have to, sees this is like, again, him walk away, and it's just like that's fucked up to like see someone to know like oh he waited, ah, but I'm wet, so you know. And again, though, I mean, you come home that long hard day of work, and you're like, I just don't want to take anyone any more shit from these kids. If I do, they're I'm gonna fucking hex them all until they all just wither away and die. Do you, uh, do you guys think see. that it was that party that she was gonna go to? That's what I thought originally. I thought she was going to ask, like, it was going to answer the door. He was going to be there, but it wasn't. Apparently, that's just there's all sorts of cool kid parties happening without parent supervision, and you wonder why these kids are all just fucking I mean, asshole. We for sure heard the lady's mom being like, I mean, "Oh, I, the I herring. Just, we didn't see her though. Hot pie, delicious. You think uh, for, herring, for no pie. reason it wasn't a, a child in the background being like, we're going to pretend to be your mom.'" Yeah, that's what I, was, I thought. I always assume, you know what I mean, where they like call, you call each other's parents and tell you that you're staying at each other's houses, and then you go out and party at the rave. That's how people, the cool kids, used to do it. I was one of the kids that you, I probably would have gone to the aviation party, and then I would have been like, "Cool, I showed up on time, and the party's done 15 minutes later because we're all fucking nerds." Anyway, um, Osono gives him the good news. I mean, where, where, where are we at? Okay, uh, no, I lost it. Okay, the next morning, Gigi scratches the window. She's sick. Uh, Osono Kiki asks if she's going to die, and Osono laughs in her face very long. She's like, <laughs> "One day, kid, but not today. You owe me money." She makes Gigi and Kiki some oatmeal and honey. Um, and then Gigi burns his mouth on it because he's a stupid cat and he can't wait. And I sympathize with him because I love when stuff's hot. Asano gives him the good news that Tombo uh, came to check in on her. He wants to visit her later. Kiki excited, is excited uh, and, and maybe a little embarrassed. And then she says, no, I can't do that. But she kind I think she kind of wants him to visit at this point. The next morning, Kiki cooks pancakes and Gigi ogles the puffy white cat down the street. Uh, he finally works up the nerve to go and say hello to Lily is her name, I believe. Uh, Asano gives Kiki another delivery which uh, she takes on foot this time. Uh, she takes a moment to, to take in some of the sides. Before she knows it, though, uh, Tombo pops his head up. Turns out the delivery was from him. That sneaky Osono has set her up. Um, she apologizes for not showing up last night. He tells her he's sorry she got so sick and then shows. He's like, I want to show you something cool. It's my bike helicopter. And she's like, oh, man, my first read on this kid was spot on. <laughs> I need to get out of here right now. Right now. Uh, <laughs> Tombo asks if she'd go with him to the beach and check out the dirigible that landed yesterday. She agrees and then hops on the back of Tombo's bike. And at first, I think maybe Kevin, maybe he put the propeller on backward so it's working against him because it looks like he's really struggling to get this thing up the hill. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean it, it works the way it's supposed to. Well, I know, but, but this kid at first just, was like, it just doesn't seem like it makes sense. Though I mean, no, it, it I think of sense. all the yeah. shit that's going to be hitting your face. Think of all like. Uh, like debris and all sorts of, uh, and also, 
you got to assume the people over there at Studio uh, Ghibli are, are they're, they're hard at work on this script and they're kind of like hanging out with Miyazaki and and Miyazaki's like, what if we add a an sort of aircraft to this? And they're just like, fucking again, dude, this guy with this yeah. fucking again. aircraft. And they're like, like come on, guess, man. We, not every movie this. needs this, Hayao Miyazaki, you know? Can we for Betty. a second talk about how stupid dirigible can't. We can't. Balloons are? Dirigible. Dirigible. Andy, have you ever even heard that word before? Because I definitely yeah. haven't. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's dirigible? Yeah. I've never heard that word. It's like no. it's one of them fancy words for it, like it's a Zeppelin, right? That's another Zeppelin's word. another word. Yeah. I've heard Zeppelin. Sure. I've heard Dirigible? of Zeppelin. But Zeppelin was the guy's name, so that makes look, a lot of sense. Look, Belinda's a writer. She hadn't heard of Dirigible, okay? I'll take her. Out. I'll take her side on this. All right, whatever. I knew. Well, <laughs> now you have. <laughs> And we can move on from this. Wait, but discussion. okay, but uh, hey, let's fill this giant balloon up with like what? What they said was hydrogen? No, helium in this one. Helium, which yeah. is flammable. They, they, Kevin, they stopped making it. They stopped putting hydrogen in it after the Hindenburg disaster. Is that they the like, one? Which I can't remember which one. No, I think helium's hydrogen the one. Hydrogen that... was the highly, highly flammable. <laughs> was that the one? <laughs> All right. Well, some weird, some weird facts here. So this movie uh, takes place in the fifties, but it's an alternate history where uh, World War One or two don't happen. And like, I don't know how that's exactly shown in this, but that's what I was reading. Um, and also, this was based on manga, so I guess in there, there's a lot, probably a lot more details. Uh, but they were saying that like this is it, the Hindenburg didn't happen in this world, and this was its version of it, as evidenced by the, a there's a line the oh the humanity. Uh, which is what someone says in the video yeah. of the Hindenburg I mean, thing, but then the, also they say it in this when the blimp crashes. That was a, this is like a best case scenario because the Hindenburg caught on fire. Yeah, you know this, this, this kind of just crashed bad. and then learned like leaned pretty pretty safely. To which I, I imagine that somebody constructed really long ladders to get the the crew off. You know. Yeah, this one pop like a like a sad limp balloon. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, they start going. They finally get some speed and they start going down. And he's like, "Kiki, I need you to help me turn." And she drops a fucking. She without. Hitting, I love this. Without skipping a beat, Kevin, she drops a knee on the ground like it's a fucking race to the Isle of Man. She's just like, "I've seen motorcycle races before. Let's go." They catch air and fly off an embarkment, and Kiki could not be happier. They laugh together as uh, they brush as as they uh, have that fun shared uh, brush with danger. Tombo. Runs off to grab his propeller while Kiki watches the cruise liner in the distance. Uh, the kids set up camp on a hill and watch the workers tend to the, the blimp. Uh, Tumble asks Kiki what it's like to be able to fly. Tumble tells her she's lucky. All he can do is pedal. And she's like, well, yeah, that's pretty sad. Uh, Kiki tells him uh, work has taken some fun out of flying. This is the first instance where she's kind of a little bit depressed. Uh, she pays Tombo a compliment. She tells him that he's a very nice person at first. She's like, I thought you were an ass clown. And, she, and he goes, wow, that's what my mom calls me, too. She always calls me Tombo, the ass clown. And I put the ass part in there. <laughs> we know, Nick. Thank we you, know. Nick. Thank you for, for not only it, but the clarification. Guys, that wasn't, that wasn't in the original English translation. I put that in there. That would be the Italian version. They call Belinda it one is ass never clown. coming back. Belinda she hates this. Never, this. She hates this she agreed shit. To How it. many She's of these like, do I still? 19. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Tombo's friends and then his asshole friends arrive again, and they're totally the rich kids from from Goonies. And they want to. They're like, "Hey, we get we're rich, so we get to ride on the blimp." And Kiki doesn't want to go. She's like, "These kids are fucking asshats." And Tombo's confused by all this because he doesn't understand the world. Relationships like bicycles are, are, are just aren't his thing. Apparently, uh, Kiki walks back to the bakery and heads up to her room. She tries turning on the radio, but it's no use. She's alone, tired, and depressed. She plops face down onto her bed. Gigi pops up, of course, and meows at her. And this is the first instinct that he can't talk mm -hmm. to her. We don't know that yet. She tells him he feels. She feels like an outsider. 
And then Gigi's like, yeah, oh, cool. I'm going to go hang out with Lily. Bye, Gigi. Out. Uh, the next morning at breakfast, Gigi starts to eat his pancake. When Kiki tries to speak to him, all he can do is meow. Terrified uh, that she's lost her powers, she snatches up her broom and tries to fly, but nothing. Um, let's see. Uh, that asshole Tombo I wrote here must have stolen her powers. Now he must fucking die. She heads out into the night sky and tries to fly again, but stumbling, uh, she falls down a hill and snaps her broom. The next morning, she tells Osono that the power, her powers are weak, so she'll need to take a break from her deliveries. Osono tells her that maybe she just needs a little rest. And she's like, yeah, that's why I'm going to take a break. What I just say, Osono, uh, up in the sky, Tumbo and his friends wave at, at, at them as they uh, fly past uh, with their rich ass fucking dirigible ride or whatever that I'm sure one of their dads hooked up because, you know, their dad owns a dealership. Later that night, Tumbo calls to tell her all about it and she straight shuts his ass down. She's like, listen, I'm still training to be a witch and if I lose my powers, I lose everything. So listen, kid, you're out. You're out. Uh, the next morning, Ursula comes to visit uh, and also do some shopping. She I want I want to I want to say that um through all of Nick's sort of plot readings and and explanations where is it going Where are you I feel going like if we could if we could compile a lot of the jokes that you add in we could just see your life story and your story <laughs> and the things that you've gone through and the issues that you've had <laughs> like I feel like we could com- compile a, a giant sort of a, a yeah profile on you well you got to write what you know Andy that's what they yeah, always say write exactly. what you know uh, I want to I, I noted here in the script that Ursula is just totally rocking those high-waisted mom jorts oh my and, yeah. I, and I appreciate Oof. that shit's still Love in style it. today uh she asks about Kiki's business and the poor girl unravels. Ursula tells her she needs a break. Come stay with me at my cabin and I can draw you like one of my French girls. Uh, they head out into the countryside and eat Mentos, the fresh maker, which I really respect. Then when they get to the cabin, Kiki discovers a beautiful painting of a cat person riding a unicorn. And Ursula tells Kiki, she's like, Kiki, you are the inspiration for this. I modeled it after you. And Kiki goes, I look nothing like that. Your person has cat ears and it's horrifying. And then they just stare at each other That was, a bad, that was a, a bad painting, right? Like it's I terrible. looked at that, and I'm like, what? What is this? This is something you buy at IKEA. That's mass. I really didn't like the, the amount of eyes that you see. So many. The eyes. The perspective was all off. Andy always tells me how hard eyes are in perspective. Eyes are and very hard true. in perspective. It's called Andy, foreshortening. Do you always tell him that? You have to foreshorten all the time, all the time, okay. <laughs> on a daily uh, basis. Dude, it's not a day that goes by. Andy doesn't talk about eyes. <laughs> Kiki agrees to be Ursula's subject while she poses. Kiki confesses that she used to fly without thinking about it. Now she doesn't even know who she is anymore. Ursula tells her maybe the best thing to do is take a break, discover who she is without her powers, uh, take some walks, smoke some weed, experiment, experience with uh, what the Quakers call the Rumspringer. Which is, I think, what this is whole, the whole thing yep. is based off of. Yep. Uh, Ursula tells her that she, when she was Kiki's age, all she wanted to do was be an artist. She painted all day, every day. Then one day, she couldn't paint anymore. Everything she did just seemed like a copy of other artists' work. She had to discover her own style. Uh, we each need to find our own inspiration. Uh, Kiki never really gave much thought as to why she wanted to do all this. She was always just sort of caught up with sort of the mechanics of just going out there and training and never really thought that she would need to find her own inspiration. As they fall asleep, uh, Kiki asks Ursula if she really thinks she'll be able to fly again. Ursula tells her, sure, you just have to wait for the right thing, like right inspiration to come along. Uh, the next morning, the baker. Wait, real quick. Uh, uh, that was a made up story, right? Like she made that story up for the situation because I felt no. like that was a bullshit story. No, I think to 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 Belinda's earlier point, like the the creative process, the writer's block, everyone goes through that, and yeah, like seeing I her get that, but I'm saying having like, to find your own style and your own reason and your own like developing your own inspiration, your own style, I think is what this movie's largely about. But I just felt like Ursula had never had problems with that. She figured out her art style early, and like well, 
successful. Kevin, art is subjective, no. but depending on who you ask, maybe Ursula's style is terrible anyway. So we no, don't. I, mean, I agree no. on that front. I agree on that front. Because if you're also... me as a cat person riding a unicorn, Tim, I'd buy that painting. I'd Kevin, buy that. there's also there's also part of it where Ursula had uh, a pet bird, voiced by Chris Farley, and then she grew up. Look what happened to Chris Farley, you know. Wow, you think that it's Ursula really killed Chris Farley? Sad. You think I mean, that Chris Ursula Farley contributed to Chris, Chris Farley's Farley. addiction? Amen. Wow. Up to, that's up, killed up to the viewer's in, uh, interpretation, you know. Linda, are you uh, as lost as I am about this train of thought? Yeah, 100%. All right, Chris Farley was a comedian <laughs> in the early 90s. <laughs> he was great. He was great. Then he passed away. RIP. Uh, the next morning, the bakery worker listens to a news report about the blimp being down for service, but it will be taken off soon again. Osono answers the phone and tells Kiki that the old lady with the pot pie has another delivery for her, but she re reluctantly takes the job. When she shows up at the house, uh, the grandma surprises her with a cake that has her name on it. The gesture takes her by surprise and brings a tear to her eye. They agree to exchange birthday presents uh, forever, which, let's be honest, not that big of a commitment on Kiki's part. This woman is very, very old and looks like she's going to kick the bucket. It's true. Dude, the other girl really creeped me out. The other older woman, when she like ran out, she's like, I'm yeah. a flying enthusiast. And it's like, all right, chill the fuck out, dude. You're so way, you need to be cool. I think if I'm not mistaken, one of one of these voice actors, and it might be either Osano, maybe it was Osano, actually also did um, the old sort of like like uh, woman from Nausicaa, right? It doesn't matter. Uh, the wind so. out. The wind outside kicks up and the news report turns sinister as Tombo and the blimp are blown high into the sky. Everything's going crazy. Kiki knows what she has to do. She has to go help. Up in the sky, Tombo loses his grip and slides down a rope, knocking the car uh, that was hanging off the end of the pool down below. Now, Tim, I know mm -hmm. you didn't want to hang out with me by this pool because the heat literally melts your skin, but it couldn't be. Oh, my God, Tim, watch out. There's a car that's going to fall on your face. Oh, R.I.P. Timmy. R.I.P. You're, Timmy. you're correct, Nick. Uh, mm -hmm. It was the old woman from Nausicaa. There you go. Sorry, Everyone, wow. Eat dirt. Wow. Eat dirt. Kiki heads into town. She spots an old man, the old man from the clock tower, and he's holding a broom. And she goes, oh, my God, I need that broom. I'm going to go save them. And he's like, get your own fucking broom. And then finally, this is the moment I think that is the pivotal moment. Kiki goes, listen here, old man. Fuck you. And then t and just steals his broom. <laughs> she just steals it. <laughs> and then and she he's stands like, in front of him for like two that. minutes trying to fly. Yeah. She's like, I need it, and I'm taking it. And you're an old ass man, and I'll break your fucking hip if you don't give it to me. Get your like, fucking, get your weak hands, your your arthritis ridden hands off of this broom. <laughs> uh, summoning all her courage and focus, she orders the broom to fly. Uh, she takes off her takeoff is a bit spotty at best, but she finally makes it up into the air. The news reporter narrates as the that moment sick though. Th this moment is pretty dope. sick. Like again, I don't love like the way it happened. The I don't yeah. love the way it happened, but I love. Um, sort of the lead up to it because i you know i'm still a sucker for kind of you know those goosebump moments mm -hmm. and for her being there like come on fucking do this like it was just cool it's just when i the, love that when the broom part goes like yeah. Like, oh, yeah yeah really cool uh, as the blimp loses too much altitude and it smashes into the clock tower, Tumbo holds on to the limp, uh, excuse me, the blimp, as the blimp loses helium and smashes down to the nearby building. <laughs> I don't know why I could put limp. <laughs> the, I mean, I guess the blimp yeah, does go do. limp. Yeah. Kiki flying once again falters, uh, but she pulls it out last minute, inches from the ground. Let's, oh, sorry. I life missed. story. We're getting the life story. <laughs> God, uh, I, I, I got lost. Sorry, guys. I just hate that in... in the course of 10 words, you go from limp and pulled it out at the last second. Well, <laughs> you know, 
Let's see. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay. She, 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 she loses it. She goes, life story. she almost crashes out of the ground and then inches from the ground. She she pulls it out last second, uh, races over to Tombo and tries to grab the kid's hand, but the wind blowing around is too hard for her to steady herself. Before she can get a hold of Tombo's hand, he falls without thinking. Kiki dives down uh, to the ground, uh, grabbing the boy in one hand and her broom in the other. The crowd, hushed for a second, realizes she saves him and goes, fucking bananas and the dude with the broom who she stole tries to take credit for the entire thing and everyone around him is like we know you're a shitbag and Fuck forever that dude you your know? fucking family's last name will be sullied because of this old broom man i really didn't like when the whole crowd started chanting <laughs> <laughs> well what were they saying andy it was I, like i'm with you too too i you don't know can do it you can yeah, do you it can or something it, like just, that. it, 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 it really just it reminded me of a uh, of a. Uh, <laughs> this is New York. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Like yeah. it reminded me of that sort of shit. Um, all this all this excitement forces Osano into labor, um, and then we get uh, the ending montage because one Incredible. brush with death isn't enough. Tumbo has finished his flying bicycle ship and heads into the air with Kiki alongside. Uh, Gigi, as it turns out, is getting down with Lily and now has five kids. Uh, the end credits roll as we see Kiki continuing her delivery with joy. Tumbo helps her put up her first sign. Uh, we And we see it's finally made some friends. Everyone's made some friends. You, Back you, home. Said, deliver, you said delivery and kids way too close together. <laughs> like Because you're like, you know, Gigi's having kids and Kiki's having her next delivery. <laughs> like I was like, what? Hey, man, I everyone's having her kids. having a little baby cats in her hand i wanted to see a little bit more uh difference in these little kitties like i wanted to see a little fat black one you know what i mean a little skinny white one but no it's just a bunch of ggs and lilies yeah Yeah, that's how it goes yeah that's how they go blame um jkl back home at the end of the credits kiki's dad gets a letter from kiki he reads it aloud to the family quote my delivery service is a big success and i'm really starting to gain some confidence there are still some times when i feel a little homesick and that guy with the broom is still a giant fucking asshat but all (laughs) but all in all i sure love this city you think she stays there forever yeah i mean i'm getting i'm getting it that she's not ever coming home because apparently her town has one guy and it's her dad and that's weird well the mom said everyone was like oh my god she looks just like you mom when you arrived in this town and never fucking left after that yeah (laughs) wow remember (laughs) it's true it's 100 true hayao miyazaki has a cameo uh, right here at the end uh with the that's my broom she used when he says that you can see him in the upper right corner of the picture oh that's that's cute is it like a like drawing that. version of him or like a picture? No, it's yes, Kevin. Oh, for real? <laughs> yes. This is live action. Live, live action. action. <laughs> 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 Fuck this broom guy. <laughs> and hit me with some haiku. Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku. In review, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like Zade Wilson did, previously known as City of Legends, to write your review in haiku form. Wow, he says, Fantastic movie, don't believe it, just trust me. Kiki delivers. That's good. I, I like, like that. that. That sounds like a like a like a review you would hear in the trailer for the movie. <laughs> the New York Times says, yeah. Kiki delivers. <laughs> Andrew Feisner says, boy, almost go splat. The crows do not play like that. Kiki, not poopy. 
Mm. Man, all right. What do we do? <laughs> Why? Why do we enable this? I just I want you guys to know I did I was not gonna bring that up at all on this. Andy is the one that broke the seal on that one. No, <laughs> no, it was Tim. It was I, Tim. Oh no, it was Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, you broke the seal. I had to do it. You kept saying it though. It. Like you said it so it's many times. It's the character's name. It's the main character's name. Yeah, like, but like well, you have to say it. Well, because the reason why it's more ever present uh, because the kind of funny out of context Twitter account clipped that part out. And so every once in a while, I'll just kind of like see that clip again, like on my feed or whatever, because I retweeted it. And it's just, I just hate it. <laughs> my ego geeky. But you hate it so much, you retweeted it. This is why I get mixed great. signals well, it, from it, you, it's, Andy. It's one of those things he wants to make other people suffer, right? Like if he has yeah. to suffer, so exactly. should everyone That's else. That's my brand. That is yeah. my brand. Now right it's time to find an MVP for this movie. Uh, currently, the list goes as follows. Number one. Dope Daddy from Totoro. Number two, Fujiko from Castle of Cagliostro. Number three, Pirate slash Dola from Castle in the Sky. And number four, Tato from Nausicaa. I still think I want to nominate Jeff the Dog for just being the fucking homie and just holding it down in a clutch moment. I think Jeff the Dog is really cool, and I think that's a strong nomination, but I think that, and you guys are all going to hate on this, but it should be Osona. I agree. No, Kevin, I agree with you, dude. Thank you, Andy. Like, like Kiki is nowhere if not for Osona. Like uh, Kiki is still in the streets, dead in the ditch. She's dead fucking, in the ditch. She's uh, dealing drugs. For she sure. resorts Damn. to a life of crime. Yeah, drugs she's already. Becomes the getaway meth. for like she becomes the getaway driver for criminals when people yeah. are going wow. to go steal from she's banks. Ryan yeah. Gosling from Drive. Yeah, exactly. Oh but Osona is like, dude, you Pretty could cool. live in this. You know, albeit a pretty shitty room, really dusty and gross. Sure. But hey, but like it's yours if yeah. you want it. Like that's. It didn't awesome. even seem like she was charging her rent. Like she was just like, "Oh, uh, help yeah, around, you know, the house." Yeah. Meanwhile, Kiki drooling over her husband. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, Little does Asuna know. <laughs> what do you say? I am pro cat, so I'm gonna go with Gigi. I'm gonna be with oh, Tim. Shit. Oh shit, Nick! Who did you say? Oh, you said Jeff, the, Jeff dog. the dog. Man, he's the homie here. <laughs> If you had to choose between Gigi or Sono, Nick, to be the tiebreaker on this. Oh, For sure, Sono. Gigi doesn't really oh. do anything. He's kind of just an asshole the whole time to her. He's yeah, like, we should that. stay safe. He's I'm Phil awesome. Hartman. He's also, he's cats just suck. You know? Yeah, cats So, Sono, where does the Sono go on this list? Dope Daddy, Totoro, Fujiko, Pirates, or Tato? I would say underneath. Well, I'd say under above Pirates, maybe. I'd say under Pirates. Above Tato, under Pirates. Yeah, under Pirates. I do understand. She is, by the way, it is a transactional relationship. Yes, she gave her the room, but she's also working for free. So there is a, you know what I mean? It's not like altruistic. Like, where she's I like, don't think she's working that much. But I don't think the bakery makes that much money anyway. So no, that bakery, are you much. kidding? That bakery was stacked, man. You think that bakery is a good investment? Should we yeah. invest in that bakery? Here's coming? the thing the, when you look into a baker shop like that in the morning and they've got everything full like that, like they know how much they're going to be selling, they would immediately cut down on. Supply. It's like the cheesecake place. It always like the, cheese, the cheesecake Kevin, place near the studio, Kev. It always makes me want to eat all of them. Every time I see a fully stocked time. bakery, I'm I like, I have it. to eat my way from this there. bakery and I then just die. Want to stand there and smell it. Oh yeah. Okay, it's time to rank the movies. Number one right now is Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Number two, My Neighbor Totoro. Number three, Castle of Cagliostro. Number four, Castle in the Sky. I put this. I put it. The... Oh man, actually, I don't know. I would put it under Cast. Uh, Ca- you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> 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 you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no, no. See, I knew it I got there. And I was like, I don't, I don't have it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have it. Sounded like a broke ass Harry Potter <laughs> spell. I can't even say it. What's the name Castiliostro? Oh God, I would put it pretty high. I love Kiki's a lot. Uh, mm. I could put it at two. Yeah. What's number three? Wait, wait, what's two right wait, now? Go, go do the right now, Nazca's one, Totoro's two, Cagliostro three, Castle in the Sky four. See, for me, this is a weird one where, like, this list isn't how I would have put it. Like, sure. I'd put Totoro above Nausicaa already. Nah, so crazy. it's a weird place where I think Kiki's better than Nausicaa, but I think it's not as good as Totoro. But because I, I, of that, I'll still say it's number one. Yeah, Here I would put oh. this underneath. Um, I would put this underneath Totoro at number three. I just I had a lot more fun with the the full cast of Totoro. Um, I thought the the daughters were adorable, and I just I didn't I didn't have that much fun with this movie. I think I think it was still beautifully animated, and you know, shout out to just the art direction in general. Like all these movies are just a delight to watch, but um, I had more fun with Totoro, um, and uh, and I think Nausicaa is just like a god tier movie for me now. I agree. Oh, I would, put I, would think I, would, I would I would I would put this below Castle Cagliostro myself, but I think you know that's actually I, that's probably why I put it. But I could, I could see it going one spot underneath Totoro. Who thinks it's better than Castle in the Sky? Raise your hand. We all raise our hand. Who thinks it's better than Castle of Cagliostro? Raise your hand. You don't, Belinda? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was delayed. Yeah. Who who thinks it's better than my neighbor Totoro? Raise your hand. Just me and Belinda, which means the new list. Number one, Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Number two, My Neighbor Totoro. Number three, Kiki's Delivery Service. Number four, Castle of Cagliostro. Number five, Castle in the Sky. Next week, we're doing Porco Rosso. That's a <laughs> the weird fuck one. could that be? <laughs> have, you, have you seen trailers for this? No. I have no it's idea like what this is. a pig man that flies a plane. Like I mean, it's War, always a plane in World War II. God, he likes oh, yeah. planes. Andy, oh, planes yeah. are not going away. They're going to be more of them rather than less. Except I know. I've seen. Yeah. The whole point of Princess Mononoke is that she makes a plane. I don't think that's. And then I can't wait for Mononoke. I kind of, I kind of forget about Mononoke being on the horizon. I'm so excited. I love that damn movie. I haven't seen that until next week. But goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Ka- Ka-